cliffcentral.com. Time for us to check in with uh, JJ Cornish. Yes, it is time for African Analysis, which is brought to you by the Johannesburg Business School. And they are the most forward-thinking people on the continent when it comes to getting you the info on the continent. Looking at what's happening around Africa, here he is, JJ Cornish. How are you, sir? Bonjour. I'm immensely well, thank you. Excellent, excellent. All right, so JJ, where can we begin this morning? There's a lot to talk about. Uh, There's been a lot happening. Kenya, I saw, had uh, elections, and uh, the guy that wasn't a former prime minister won. Indeed. This was William Ruto, who was the deputy. Now, he was deputy to Uhura Kenyatta, but the two of them fell out, which is why uh, Kenyatta went and supported Raila Odinga. But Ruto has won. He's got 50 and a half percent. What you need to win that election outright without any runoff is 50 percent plus one vote. Okay. And you have to get a quarter of the votes in at least uh, for, uh, 24 of the 47 counties. Huh. Uh, now, I'm not sure that that has come through yet, but he's been declared the winner. The fact is, though, that the Electoral and Boundaries Commission, four of the seven members of that have not endorsed Ruto. Hmm. But the, the, the head of it, Wafula uh, Chibukaki, he said, yes, he's the winner. There's some scathing articles been written in juridical uh, publications about this and saying that, uh, you know, that it's treason and that sort of thing. We don't know whether Raila Odinga is going to uh, dispute this. As you know, in 2007, there were elections. Raila Odinga, this is the fifth time that he's tried to win it. Uh, there, were, there was bad violence. At least 1,500 people died in 2007 and more than half a million people were displaced. Mm-hmm. 2013, the next vote was declared null and void by the Supreme Court, and they had to vote again. So is he going to, is Raila Odinga going to dispute this? Some of his supporters are saying, well, they can't live with it. And uh, there have been some protests in the western town of Kisumu. There's also been some protests in Kibera. You know, that's one of the world's largest slums, which is in Nairobi. Right. So it's looking very bad, looking like a mare's nest, you know. Uh, why can Kenya not get this right? I mean, it's a country that has democracy, but seems to be messing it up during, at, at election time. Uh, two of the electoral commissioners actually wounded while they were being <laughs> arrested, and they weren't able to vote or, or, or give their in. There was a long, long wait for the results. Journalists told to get there three o'clock yesterday afternoon. You know, I think darkness had fallen before they actually announced the vote. So there's confusion, and and that is something that uh, Kenya can really, really do without. It's very, very sad. Sure. Sounds messy as hell, um, and I'm sorry to hear that because we were actually speaking about this election just, just a few weeks ago, and you were telling us that um, largely uh, things were looking peaceful at that stage. It's amazing how quickly it can get messy, and obviously it's not as bad as it could be. We've seen a lot worse, and you've seen, because you've actually been an observer, JJ, you've seen some really awful uh, elections that have gone horribly wrong, um, some of them a lot closer to here well, than, we, than we'd like. The, the point is, uh, there's only three countries thus far that have uh, congratulated uh, Ruto. That's Ethiopia, Zimbabwe. They wouldn't see, they wouldn't know a good election if it hit them in the face. And uh, Somalia, well, you know, not exactly a paragon of, of 
good democracy. No. But uh, the, it's a very interesting thing what happens in Kenya. The electoral observers, they don't seem to get it entirely right there. I mean, they declared this election peaceful. The, look, the polling was on the 9th, uh, some time back, and they declared the election peaceful. Well, yesterday, when they made the announcement at the Electoral Commission, there was violence at the Electoral Commission, and they had to have uh, authorities come in, some police come in and actually restore order there. So, um, you know, electoral, electoral observers go in two weeks before the election, look at it, and then almost race to get their their reports out, you know, as journalists do to get their reports into the newspaper first. Mm. And so on the 10th and the 11th, they were hailing the peaceful elections in Kenya, but uh, certainly had no idea that there were these machinations with the Electoral Commission. So it's, it's a very sad that. thing in a, in a real democracy in, in Africa that they can't seem to get it right at the big moment. JJ, what um, is interesting is that in, in obviously this one part of the world where we've, we've been talking about them for ages and ages now, we've been talking about the Egyptians and the Nile and the dams that they want to construct there. We know about the huge Aswan Dam, which obviously was controversial back in the days when that was built. There are other dams that they're building. The Nile is obviously a massively important waterway and a, 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 a source of sustenance for people for thousands and thousands of years in that part of the world. But now it turns out that Ethiopia are also going to make a mega dam um, across the Nile, and this is going to uh, make other people very unhappy in that part of the world. The Sudanese, the Egyptians, the Ethiopians, obviously, are, 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 they, all, they all have a stake in this, and you can't mess with these things. Who, who owns the water, right? Because the water moves from this country to that country. And if you build a dam and it creates trouble further downstream, uh, can the people downstream get upset with you about that? You, you better believe they will. Well, the Egyptians at one point said they were going to war. So one of the breakthroughs there is they've said, okay, we, we don't necessarily going to, you know, aim the cannons at you, but uh, we've got to do something. And they've taken all sorts of measures, gone to the United Nations, and the United Nations say, whoa, hang on, we're not really talking about water. Uh, that's something you've got to deal with. They've gone to the African Union, who've appealed to Ethiopia to say, uh, you know, talk about this, let's talk, let's negotiate. Ethiopia says, wait, whoa, 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 back in 1929, the Brits, the old colonialists, they made a deal with Egypt and Sudan about the Nile. We were left out. In 1959, they agreed that Egypt would get 66% of the Nile water, that Sudan would get 22%. I don't know how they could do that, you know. Hmm. Gareth, the, 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 Nile, the waters from the Nile cover three million square kilometers, over yep. eight countries, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Jeez. and... and and then it's a, it's, it's a, it's a complete uh, uh, historical analogy that, that uh, Ethiopia is saying, you didn't include us then. Why do you suddenly want to include us? We're building this dam. It's going to make us the biggest provider of hydroelectric power on the continent. Uh, they started, uh, they've got lots of money to, to build $4 billion dam. Uh, mm. they, the, the thing that is making it so controversial now is that they're filling it, or not filling it, but filling the reservoir. You see, the reservoir will be able to hold something like 74 billion cubic meters. 
It currently holds 22 billion cubic meters, and uh, and they're filling it now for the third time. Jeez. Now, Sudan has a different view to Egypt. They say it does protect us to some extent from the uh, flooding. Mm -hmm. But Egypt says 97% of our water needs come from the Nile. But, you know, when you look at that with Egypt, uh, the, the, the simple fact is that uh, it's the wealthy farmers on the Nile that are really made to suffer. The ordinary people are not suffering as much. And uh, so it's become a class thing a bit in Egypt. And certainly Ethiopia is making uh, hay of that. They, 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 as we say, will become the largest hydroelectric power producer on the, on the continent. And they certainly want to, uh, that to happen. But there are other dams that are going to be built. And that's mm. the precedent that they are setting. When I said eight countries, Burundi, uh, DRC, Egypt, Ethiopia, Kenya, Rwanda, South Sudan, Sudan, Tanzania, Uganda, they all use Nile water that eventually ends up going through uh, you know, out the 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 um, Nile Delta into the Mediterranean. So it's 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 lifeblood to a, a, a lot of countries. Yeah. And uh, to just simply put a dam across it, oh, this is something that Mele Zenawi, uh, not uh, the current uh, leader in Ethiopia, he started it, and and it's been seized. Of course, he was. Uh, um, <laughs> you know, a very, very strong leader, but uh, he's not terribly popular now, but nevertheless, right. his concept has been seized by the Ethiopians. And and this will become, or I, I've said this before, because uh, I remember many, many years ago, people saying, uh, and analysts that know what they're talking about, saying the next war will be fought over water. So, JJ, I just want to quickly go back to Kenya because we've got uh, someone who listens to us from, from Kenya. There may be more than uh, Sarah, but she's a regular commenter. And she says there was nothing horribly wrong with our election. She says Kenyans are peaceful. We didn't want Raila Odinga. The situation is very different on the ground to what you and I are discussing this morning. She also says um, here that there was no violence. Um, it seems like you guys have joined the international media. The situation on the ground is very different. Please don't exaggerate things. Kenyans are peaceful, and we chose Ruto. So that's interesting. And I just I'm think not, it's, it's fair to throw that in. Nobody's because... accused him of, of a violent election. <clears throat> nobody's right. accused him of a violent election. What we're saying is that the Electoral Commission has a problem. We, right. When you have four of the seven members of the Electoral Commission saying, we cannot sign off on this. We're going to have right. something else to say about it. We're not endorsing it. No, it was a peaceful election. They're absolutely right. And we spoke about the dynastic politics, you know, Raila mm. Odinga and Uhuru Kenyatta, the original president and vice president of Kenya. So was it going to be dynastic politics staying? William Ruto, the son of a chicken farmer, has said, I come from nothing and I'm going to give you everything. Hmm. So, yes, you can understand there are people saying we simply wanted Raila Odinga. Sure. The fact that the opinion polls didn't agree with that. Well, you know, we, we, we've all been misled by opinion polls before. Sure. So, yes, I understand what any, any Raila Odinga uh, supporter is saying. We, 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 we support him, and they certainly are in, in millions, the numbers that do. Well, there was quite an interesting turnout there, 65% of the 22 million 
uh, registered voters. Okay. But for the previous election, the one that was uh, uh, overthrown by the Supreme Court, 78% of the uh, electors came out. So, um, you know, there was, there was a little bit of lethargy there, but 68% is still not a bad turnout. By American standards, are brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, JJ, uh, <clears throat> as you rightly you can understand somebody saying, as you rightly point okay. out, I mean, the opinion polls that they take, you know, these these exit polls that they do long before. Um, <laughs> if if those were to be trusted and they were always accurate, then uh, Hillary Clinton wouldn't be wandering around upstate New York saying that she's president still. I mean, it, this happens in all countries. It's not just a Kenyan problem. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Right. And you know, to, 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 to just emphasize the point, the voting in Kenya was peaceful. But it's what has happened since then, since the 9th. They were supposed to have announced results uh, a week ago and never did. And uh, the, 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 there is a real problem there. Uh, that can't be gainsaid and that can't be right. uh, in, in any way avoided. There's a very real problem. We hope, we hold thumbs that it did not, does not descend into violence because that is what happened in 2007. And again, we have, mm -hmm. you know, 1,500 people lying dead uh, to prove that. Yeah. While we're in um, Egypt talking about the Nile just a moment ago, there's also an issue. Egypt, um, again, for, for people who don't know, and maybe you can sketch the scenario a little bit for people. Um, when we think of Egypt, we think of a majority Muslim country, but there is a small Coptic Christian community, as there is in Ethiopia. And that Coptic Christian community is often um, persecuted or under fire or certainly kept on the margins of society by uh, certain powers that be, uh, particularly in the unstable years since um you know the the muslim brotherhood have come in and there have been all kinds of changes in government tell us a little bit about this coptic church because there was a tragedy in giza where a, a church was uh, was set on fire either by arson or by mistake nobody's really sure but these kinds of things tend to and i'm using the word um advisedly they tend to inflame relations between the religious communities what what can we divine from all of this well, Egypt's 103 million people. Mm. And the Coptic Church, yes, it's small, but it's 10%. So, you know, not that small. It's not right. a fringe. It's a, it's, a, it's a significant church. And they do maintain the Copts that they are put upon. They've had the United Nations express concern about it. They certainly have Human Rights Watch express concern about it. There have been sectarian clashes. Then Coptic homes, businesses, uh, churches have all been destroyed. Hundreds of people have died in these clashes, and they have been attacked, literally attacked. Uh, and they maintain the cops that these attacks are poorly investigated and not properly prosecuted. So they've made these calls again and again. So when we hear of this fire, of this fire there were 6,000 people in this church, and uh, well, sorry, 5,000 people in the church. 41 of them died, and uh, that includes 18 children aged between 3 and 16, an absolute tragedy. We understand, we are told that this was an electrical shortage, that they were using uh, a, 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 an electrical generator because of a, 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 an outage, and that caused the fire. But, you know, we, we will have to look at that because, because of the history. Now, uh, Abdel Fattah al-Sisi, the president, has said the army will rebuild this church. So, I mean, you know, he's, he's moving in very quickly wow. to ensure that there's some sort of uh, uh, amelioration of the, of the population. 
But uh, Giza, of course, is part of the Cairo metropolis. It's just across the river, the very river we've been speaking about. Yeah. But it's a, it's a, it's a real, real uh, a tragedy and um, a very sad thing to have happened. I haven't seen any credible report yet that there is something uh, nefarious, you know, that this, okay. uh, that this fire was set or something. So, and, and, you know, certainly one hopes that one doesn't see that. But there's no yeah. doubt that the Copts uh, maintain that they face discrimination. And, uh, and since 2011, hundreds of them have been killed. So we do look at that with some, some trepidation. Wow, uh, another busy week. Um, and we will chat to you again, hopefully sure. soon, uh, JJ. Thank you for the updates from, from Kenya, from Ethiopia, and from Cairo and Egypt. This is all very, very interesting stuff. And thank you for your uh, your insights, and uh, and thank you, Sarah, for 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 your insights too on the Kenyan election, which you're in the country watching yourself. And of course, if there's anybody, you know, uh, listening from anywhere in Africa, and you'd like to get in, in touch with us, you'd like to join us for one of these, maybe to talk with JJ about what's going on in your country. Let us know; we'd love to put you in contact. Just send us an email: contact at cliffcentral.com, and we will connect you. Uh, JJ, thanks so much. Very good to see you again. Yes, could I recommend, if mm. you wanted to read more about it, ISA, E-I-S-A, Electoral uh, Institute for Sustainable Democracy in Africa. Mm-hmm. It was originally set up to observe our very first election, Electoral Institute of South Africa, but it's now become a continent-wide body. Okay. So their report will show on the peacefulness of the elections, but that report will have been coming, oh, it's the preliminary report, of course, coming in about more than a week ago. Excellent. Thank you for that. You can always Great find uh, you can always find some excellent homework here from uh, JJ as well. So that is African Analysis brought to you by the Johannesburg Business School and JJ Cornish will check in with him very very soon again. Cliffcentral.com